the illest of course. Real fans, real talk. We the illest on court. Real fans, real talk. We as real as we thought. Real fans, real talk. Reporting live from the cam. High in demand, so please stand by if you can. What we got is worth a lot, so put a tie in your plans. On court, talking sports through the eyes of the fans. With Trip Young, Emma Marie, Eric Sanchez. You heard what I said, we elite. Check the latest topics and stay ahead of the beat. Keep us in your topics and we ahead of the What's going on? It's Trip Young here. Uh, got got a little midweek NBA uh, playoff breakdown for you guys. It's me and uh, Legend of Two Games, Eric Sanchez today. Whole lot of basketball talk going down. A couple of game sevens, uh, exciting game sevens just went down. But uh, before we jump into it, Legend of Two Games, what's up, man? What's really good, bro? Um, just excited, man. We we got some really good basketball in the first round, and it's only going to get better in the second round. Yes, sir. That's a fact. That's a fact. So we're not even going to waste no time. We're going to jump right into it. Uh, two game sevens last night. We're going to start with the uh, with, with, with the Rockets and OKC. That one that one might have been a heartbreaker <laughs> for some, uh, but you had you had a couple of uh, legends, future Hall of Famers out there battling it out. Uh, Harden and, 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 and Westbrook in Houston, and then CP3 and uh, OKC. A lot of people didn't even have the Thunder making it to the playoffs, let alone going into a, a game seven and a round one against Houston, you know, which is one of the top teams in the league, period. Not even just the Western Conference, but in the league. Um, but needless to say, they took it to, to seven games. Um, I, had, I had texted you uh, yesterday. They lost because of experience. And I was, I, I was wrong. I had to correct myself. OKC lost that game because of their inexperience. In, in the playoffs, because we see that that last uh, couple of minutes, you know, the, uh, it was just a couple of you know the young boys out there. You know, they tried, they they played a really good game. Um, Dort, he had thirty points, the highest ever for an undrafted rookie. Um, but you could see in the, in the last two minutes of that game, a lot of young mistakes that probably don't happen if if you got a, at least one more seasoned veteran on that Oklahoma City team. Um, but either way, I do commend Chris Paul, triple-double. I would have loved for him to, to hit that shot, to put them them, them ahead. As he, he played his heart out this entire series, um, finishing with a triple-double. I think he's the oldest person to get a, a triple, a game seven triple-double in the history of the NBA. Um, so, you know, it kind of sucks on that note. But, you know, listen, Houston managed somehow to close it out. But uh, but, but 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 Eric, talk to me about James Harden, and and how lucky he was <laughs> that that they managed to to get out the first round. Uh, well, as you mentioned, we, we were texting uh during the game, um, and we both had the same um thought pattern as we were saying. You know, James Harden is choking away another major opportunity, um, which isn't new for him. We've seen it several times in the playoffs, and it reared its head, ugly head again yesterday. The saving grace, I thought, was that moment late in the third quarter going into the fourth quarter when Westbrook kind of took over the game a little bit. And he went like on a personal 7-0 run, and he also assisted on two big threes. And it was at a critical point in the game because Oklahoma City had just tied the game at 80-all. Um, and then Houston pushed the lead back out to 87-80. So I want to start there. I think James Harden, again, struggling. This is his reputation in the playoffs. I don't know if it's just because of his style of play. I do want to give a lot of credit to Dort, not only for his um, offensive contributions, but his defense as well, because he played great defense on James Harden yesterday. But nonetheless, 
if you're James Harden and you're accepting all these accolades that everyone keeps throwing on you about you being the best scorer the game has ever seen and being the best scorer in the game right now and being one of the top five players in the league, you've got to play better than this in a game seven. Bottom line, you, you can't get outplayed by an undrafted rookie. And again, nothing to not, not take anything away from Dort, but Dort has struggled all series and somehow showed up in game seven. James Harden did. Um, also, it was a little bit of inexperience uh, because we saw Shea Gillis-Alexander look uh, a little unsure at times throughout the game. He wasn't sure what to do with the ball. He wasn't as aggressive as I would have liked him to be. Um, I started off the playoffs by picking Oklahoma City to win in seven games because I wasn't sure how long Russell Westbrook was going to be out. And I thought they had an opportunity to do it yesterday. But their inexperience, their lack of execution, and their coaching. I've always been very fond of Billy Donovan. But I thought he he dropped the bag yesterday. Uh, he dropped the ball on their on their final possession, which led to Dort throwing the ball out of bounds. He didn't have Gallinari on the floor, um, and I and I thought he had a bad lineup on the floor. The the your two playmakers are Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. Everyone else should be a shooter on the floor. I need to have shooters on the floor that make the defense stay honest. Again, Dort isn't a, a big time shooter. Shea Gillis looked nervous all game. And Steven Adams is very limited in what he does. So they basically were out there playing three on five in that final possession. And that's why it was so easy to kind of knock the ball away from Chris Paul and then cause the, the erratic play after that, which led to, you know, a wild pass into the corner and gets blocked. He, he had, I don't know why Gallinari wouldn't be on the floor. I also don't understand why when they get the technical for the foul that takes place before the inbounds, that Chris Paul isn't shooting that ball. Yes. I, I don't, my, you know, I, I was shocked. Yeah, I, I don't get that part of it either because, again, Gallinari wasn't even on the floor, and then you go to bring Gallinari in after that foul takes place. So now you're bringing in a guy off the bench who hadn't played in about four minutes. So now you're expecting him to go to the free throw line and knock it down. He misses it, obviously, and then it leads to the last second where they don't even get a shot up. Um, to me, it's a major disappointment for Chris Paul. It's Yes, it was a triple-double. It was a great performance. But those last few minutes of that game were very sloppy. And for a team that has a veteran point guard, a Hall of Fame-bound point guard, you would think they would have executed a lot better down the stretch. Absolutely. And I was shocked when I didn't see Chris Paul headed to the line to take that free throw um, because I, I, I believe if they make that free throw, I just think they have the momentum and, and, they, win that, and they win that game. You know, Gallo coming in and, and rolling in and out, and, and that was it. It's, it's, it's a tough one. Um, but, yeah, just a lot of plays down the stretch where if you had veteran players in, in, in the game, I don't think they make a lot of those mistakes. I, and I, I will tell you this, if Houston plays like that, and I'm not even going to say Houston, I'm specifically James Harden. If, if James Harden plays the way he played in game seven in this series against the Lakers, they will go home in five games. Because there's no way you can go with a two for seventeen, you know. He, I mean, and you know he got all a little hyped up at the end when he made the the one play he made all game that defense, you know. And again, like a, a veteran player in that in that position, and that turns out differently as well. So you, you know, he was very fortunate in that situation because I think you know if, if the if the Rockets go home, D'Antoni's out, Maury's out, you know. I I would say. Either Westbrook or, or, or Harden is out, but you can't trade either one of those guys because they make too much money, especially not, you know, Russell Westbrook. You definitely can't trade Russell Westbrook because, because of his contract. You know, you're not going to trade James Harden because he's the better 
player of the of the two. So you know things things could have been a lot different for Houston had they not won that game. Um, you know, but you know, shout out to PJ Tucker. You know, he didn't have too many points, but he made some key baskets that really uh, helped out helped out the Rockets. Um, but you know, going into this next series with the with the Lakers, you know, I just I think they're gonna they're gonna struggle. Big time. Um, one, I think they're gonna need tremendous performances by their two best players, so they can't afford an off night. And then they're gonna need their role players to be on. Um, I think the two biggest players for them going into the Lakers series, aside from Harden and Westbrook, are going to be Eric Gordon and Robert Covington. Because if if those guys are able to contribute the way they did yesterday, um, Gordon went for 20, I think 22, 23. Covington was just under 20 points, but he had a lot of big threes in the second half. That's that's really their only shot to beat the Lakers. They're going to have to outshoot the Lakers. And one of the biggest takeaways from this series, and and to me, this is why I feel OKC blew an opportunity, because the style of play was theirs. It was a slow down game. It was more methodical. It was possession by possession. And those are the ways that you beat Oklahoma City. And you also got to beat them on on the offensive boards. The Lakers are going to kill Houston on the boards. They're going to kill them on the boards. And so if Houston is not shooting lights out, this series is going to be over very early. It's going to end. I still think D'Antoni could lose his job. Um, I, I still think Maury could lose his job because, again, they, they made drastic changes to turn this team into what they are right now. Let's also not forget that Daryl Maury was already on the hot seat for comments he made about China um, at the beginning of the season. So they went all in. They basically pushed Chris Paul out because Harden didn't want Chris Paul. So this is their creation, and it could either work out beautifully for them or it could end very badly for them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I tell you one one other thing, if if Stephen Adams had had that much more offensive ability, <laughs> you know, Houston Houston goes home in the in the first round of the, of the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? But he's just you you're not getting much out of out of Stephen Adams on the offensive right. end of the court. But but going you know facing the Lakers when you got somebody like Anthony Davis who, who will dominate you. You know they're they're, they're going to struggle. Um, I'm taking the Lakers in six right now, but like I said, if you know if, if we don't have strong play from both Harden and Westbrook every game, they go home in five. You know because I mean LeBron is hot right now. He's starting to heat up. We saw it after after game one um, against the Trailblazers. Every game he's gotten a little bit better. He's getting a little bit more comfortable. And he's still, which I, which I love, he still managed to work the other guys in to to the to, to the games. He still he, he managed to get the shooters in. Uh, Caldwell Pope, he's he started to get better as the games went on. Danny Green even hit a couple of shots, you know. So, with as hot as the Lakers are right now, going into into this series, it's going to be extremely tough for Houston. Um, and you know we. We should see Rondo in this series as well. Maybe not in, in the first two games, but later in the series, we'll see Rondo, which is going to be a huge, huge bonus uh, for the Lakers. So, again, I'm taking the Lakers in six. I agree. I got the Lakers in six, um, and I'm even leaning closer to, to it ending in five. Um, the only way this series gets extended into six or possibly seven games, I think, is if Houston wins game one. 
if Houston wins game one, then yeah, it's going to go six because I could see them stealing another game somewhere in there. And yeah. game one might be their best opportunity because the Lakers right now haven't played in about a week. So it might be a little bit of rust, not much. But again, you, you know, you've been sitting around, you haven't really had a chance to play. Um, and so, you know, all, all those things that were clicking towards the end of the Portland series sometimes could fizzle out because you haven't played. But yeah, getting Rondo, right, getting Rondo back is going to be big because another defensive guard is going to be needed against Houston. Um, but I look at, again, I, I, the reason I picked OKC against uh, Houston was a, had a lot to do with Chris Paul because I just felt like when you have that veteran floor general, he's going to make sure that you never get out of character. He's going to make sure that you get quality shots. And for the most part, he did it. It just, again, towards the end of game seven, it got ugly for them. LeBron is going to make sure that the pace of play is exactly the way the Lakers want. LeBron is going to make sure that there's going to be quality shots up on almost every possession. And the biggest reason that I love the Lakers in the series is if OKC had no answer for Chris Paul on the pick and roll, how the hell are you going to stop LeBron and AD on the pick and roll? Because they had no answer. Chris Paul could get any shot he wanted at any point. And this was, again, with a limited Steven Adams, with a limited Shea Gillis, because Shea didn't play well. Um, Darius Baisley, a young guy. You know, they, they didn't have the pieces that the Lakers have. So when Braun and AD start lining up that pick and roll continuously and just picking out the guy they want to go after, the Rockets are going to be in a lot of trouble. The Rockets, to me, are going to have to shoot close to about 45 to 50% from three just to have a chance in the series. If they shoot 40% from three, which is still good, I don't think they even have a shot. It's going to have to be 45 to 50% consistently from three for them to have a chance. Exactly. And the problem with Houston is, you know, they'll, they'll have those games where they're lighting it up out there, but they had a lot of stints where they, they will not stop shooting the three-pointer and they will continuously miss those shots. And that's where they're going to get into, into jams. At. That's why they struggled in this series versus, uh, versus OKC because they, they still have those stints. And in my mind, I'm just like, yo, you guys have not learned yet. We've been going through the same thing the past two seasons coming into this playoffs where you get into these stretches where nobody wants to go to the basket. You fall in love with the three. I get it. James Harden is an excellent three-point shooter. Eric Gordon can knock down a three. P.J. Tucker can hit him from the side. Even Russell Westbrook every so often can get you a, a three or two. But you cannot fall in love with the three to the point where once you, you, you once you miss four in a row, you got to switch it up. You got to do something different, and they get stuck. And, that, and that's that's why it was it was it was such a huge loss when Chris Paul got hurt against Golden State uh, two years ago, and 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 they just you know went three point shot crazy. You cannot do that against this Lakers team. LeBron is too good. Anthony Davis is is way too good, and he is going to dominate everything he had. You're probably going to see Tyson Chandler have to step on the court at some point uh, during this series for, for the Rockets because Anthony Davis is, is just – he's just going to abuse them. And they, they – I mean, we, we, we might see some of the most lopsided rebounding numbers that we've ever seen in a playoff series because uh, their tallest guy is is, uh, is Covington with, I think, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, Covington and Jeff Green are the biggest two guys that they play. Um, yeah. Obviously, they have Tyson, who who never plays. He's going to have to play in the series because, one, the Lakers love to keep two bigs on the floor, whether it's AD and JaVale, AD and Dwight. And then when you consider Braun at 6'8", 260, 
he's pretty much the fourth big guy on the floor. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to throw lineups at Houston that are going to make that are going to make the Rockets very uncomfortable. Um, I don't know who they're even going to try to put on AD. I'm assuming it's going to have to be Covington or Jeff Green. I don't know who they're going to try to put on LeBron. I'm assuming it's going to be PJ Tucker. He's probably the strongest guy that can, that can at least try to match up with LeBron. Either way, I wouldn't be surprised. As, right. But either way, I wouldn't be surprised, especially when Rondo comes back, if they let Rondo bring the ball up and say, Bron, just take him in a pose. Just yeah. take him in a pose and abuse him and just use your superior passing skills out of the post because there, there's no way they're going to play you one-on-one in the post. They're going to oh. double. They're going to send somebody else, and it's going to open up all these shots for Caldwell Pope, for Danny Green. Uh, I think Deion Wade is a play more in this series as well. So, yeah. again, if, if you're rooting for the Rockets to win this series, your best bet is that they win game one and find a way to hang around the rest of the series. If they lose game one, I'm willing to say this thing is over in four, maybe even five games. Listen, in, in, in the words of the, the, the great Hall of Famer, uh, big man, the legend Shaquille O'Neal, uh, it's going to be a lot of barbecue chicken pieces out there. A lot of barbecue chicken. <laughs> in, in this series, and you know. It is, it is Labor Day weekend, so <laughs> it's going to be a lot of barbecue chicken on the grill. It's going to be on the grill. Exactly, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward, uh, forward to it. Uh, but let's, let's jump into the, uh, to the next game seven that we had. Uh, Denver versus Utah. Shout out to Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. Those two young cats lit it up the entire series. It, it's it's heartbreaking that that one of those guys has to go home. Everybody can't move on. You know, um, in Game Seven, I was I was I was disappointed in Donovan Mitchell in that last minute of of Game Seven. I thought that you know he he took too much time. Staying on the floor when he felt he got fouled, and he didn't get up and get right, get back uh, running down the court, and, I, and because of that, he wasn't able to have the ball in his hand to try to get that last second uh, shot off. Um, and you know that that that's a a a, a young player mistake. You know the, the the game is never over until the clock says zero zero zero. So whether you get that call or not, especially it's even more important with seconds left. On the clock, if you don't get that call, you get you get up and you run back down that court and you get back on that play because as as we saw, you still had a chance to win the game or you know at least to to, to, to tie things up because they missed the layup on the other end. So now, but because you didn't get up and run that back back up the court, you won the position. Mike Conley has to take the shot. Obviously, Mitchell had the hotter hand in the series, so I think everybody would have been more comfortable with Mitchell taking that shot in this situation. But because of that, and again, you know, I, I hope this is something that he learns from. I know they tore him up in, inside, the fact that he wasn't able to advance. But, um, you know, but again, you know, Denver was the better team going into this series. Um, you know, you got that 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 Jamal Murray, Jokic, uh, one-two punch, and it was pretty much Donovan Mitchell all by himself. As, as great as Rudy Gobert is on the defensive end, he's not giving you what, what Jokic is giving you on the offensive end as far as being a, a scorer or a playmaker. Um, you know what I mean? So it doesn't surprise me that Denver was able to take this thing, but a great series. And we got a, we got a lot more we're going to be seeing from Donovan Mitchell. Absolutely. I, th- I thought it was the best series of the first round, um, not just because it went seven, but also because of the performances, as we mentioned. 
Uh, these two guys really established themselves as the future stars of the league. Um, in regards to Donovan and that last minute, I think he was just worn down. Uh, for yeah. the last, like, two and a half, three minutes of the game, they were letting Mike Conley kind of initiate a lot of the offense. Um, there was also a part in the game, I can't remember who the announcing crew was, uh, but they had made a great point because, remember, Denver was up about 14 points at half. And so Donovan Mitchell had to use a lot of energy to help get them back. And the announcing crew had said, I don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to get any rest in the second half. He had, he's going to have to play the whole second half, mm-hmm. uh, which he did. And he wore down. Um, and it, it happens. In a seven-game series, you know, when, you, when you're talking about the amount of points and shots that they were putting up, you know, it, it's only human nature. You're going to get a little tired. Yeah. So he broke I like Denver going into the series. In the series. He broke right. the record for most points in the series. So right, he 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 from from game one he was phenomenal. He didn't have to warm up. He came in hot already. So you know I liked Utah before the series started. Um, and actually the the only two series I was wrong about in the first round was the OKC and, and the Utah. I had them both winning as underdogs, and and they end up losing in game seven. So they they were close enough. They they almost proved me right. They both were in position. We literally both right. games came down to the last right. seconds. Right. They were in position to pull off the first round upset. And um, I think Utah's in a good place. Again, like you said, Rudy is a great defensive player. Donovan is the star. Um, it's crazy because I know on some major outlets now, they're starting to say, oh, Donovan Mitchell looks like Dwayne Wade. And you and I were texting, I think, during game two where I said it. I was like, mm-hmm. he he reminds me a lot of D. Wade in, in those early Miami years. That's so. Right. They got they got something they're putting together there. I don't know what they're going to do with Mike Conley long-term because I don't think he's part of their future. But they definitely need to get one more piece. If they would have had Bogdanovich, I wonder if it would have been different because Bogdanovich averaged almost 20 points a game during the regular season for them. And, you know, he opted out because of a surgery he had to get. So I wonder if it would have been different for those guys had they had Bogdanovich and somebody else to help them um, take some of the scoring off. But nonetheless, Denver deserves all the credit. They were down 3-1. They came back. They're moving on to play a very tough Clipper team, and I'm interested to see if Jamal Murray can stay hot there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be a tough one. I know it's, um, the Clippers are going to need Patrick Beverly um, for, for this series because Jamal Murray is, is going to, to, to run those guys rampant, and – you still got to account for Jokic. You know, the, the, the way the Clippers struggled with Dallas and with, with Porzingis before, before he got hurt, you know, I, I don't know if, 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 they, if they win this series so easily. I could definitely see uh, this Clippers-Nuggets series going seven games. I, I was really surprised at how, how they looked during that series. You know, and obviously they don't have they don't have Luca in Denver, but when you got Jamal Murray, Murray putting up fifty points every other game, and you got Jokic playing the, the the way he's playing, and they're playing very good team basketball, you know, to the Clippers might not even be here if Porzingis plays that entire series. So I got to see if Paul George or um, are we? I mean, I don't call him playoff P, but are the people still calling him playoff P? Because if they still calling him playoff P, this is going to be the series. Well, he's got to show and prove because you can't go out there stinking up the joint, not putting up no points, getting getting basically ran down on 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 every defensive possession. Whoever you're guarding is just doing whatever you know, ever they want to you. He's gonna have to step up. It cannot be 
Kawhi Leonard by himself this entire series, they already they don't have the the, the bigs to to compete with with, with with Jokic. You know, so this is gonna be an interesting series. I think it's gonna go seven games. I, and as much as I want to see Clippers Lakers, I don't know, man. I think I I I I feel like the Nuggets might might steal this one, man. I, I'm the, the Clippers didn't do enough in that first round for me to say, yo, I right, they coming in here and and that was a little blip. This is they about to dominate this series. I I don't know. I mean, so we know why you want Denver to win, Trip. It it, it creates oh, an easier path. We know that. I, it's I cool though. It's cool. I would I would love the Clippers. I want to I want Braun to, to beat the Clippers, but I don't. I just don't think that they'll be able to to pull it off. So I think all right. So the the Dallas Clipper matchup was, I guess, a, a, for lack of a better term, was a little tougher than people expected for the Clippers. But we also got to remember that Dallas shot lights out in that series from three, right? So aside from having Luca play at an MVP level, I mean, everybody was knocking down threes for Dallas, and that was able to close the gap on the Clippers. The difference in this series, I think, is that the Clippers have more bodies to throw at Denver than Utah did. Utah was really out there playing seven guys, eight guys at most, right? Gobert rarely leaves the floor. Donovan Mitchell rarely leaves the floor. And then... You know, you throw Clarkson in every now and then. You throw Royce O'Neal. Uh, they they had the the rookie who had to play the first two games when Conley was out, but then he never played again. So they didn't have the the depth that the Clippers have. The Clippers are a much better defensive team as a team, I think, than Utah is. So Jamal Murray can't be streaky in this series. And he was streaky in that first round series. That's why they fell down three one. They you know he had a couple bad games in the middle of that series and then got hot towards the end, but. Let's not forget, if Utah doesn't blow a 15-point lead in game five, that series is over in five games. We never get the back-to-back 50 clip from Jamal Murray. The series is over. I think the Clippers have the the defensive bodies to throw at them. I'm also interested to see, as you mentioned, they don't have a traditional big. Zubac is probably going to play a little bit more in this series than they would like him to, to match up with Jokic. But... Montrez is, is skilled enough to play him on a perimeter. Rudy Gobert would never wanted to go out that far to play him. No. Montrez can play him out there. Montrez could play him out there and give him some fits. So I'm interested to see how Denver utilizes that. Will they strictly keep Jokic up top and say, all right, yes, Montrez is fast enough, but he could see over Montrez. So now we can just make all these passes to all these guys from the yeah. top of the key. Um, That's what you give up. But I like – right, well. right, right. You know, because now you, you force Montrez out. And then now you just spread them out and you say, all right, now we're going to do a bunch of back cuts and screens and just let Jokic look over the defense almost like a quarterback and, and just try to pick you apart that way, which I expect that to kind of be their strategy. I still like the Clippers in this series, though, man. I think it's just too much talent on that team. I think they they come at you from too many different perspectives, and they've always got scorers on the floor. As we've always highlighted, the biggest strength of the Clippers is that bench. So even if, quote, unquote, playoff P isn't playing well, Lou Will's going to give you something. Morris is going to give you something. You know what I'm saying? We know Kawhi is going to be steady throughout. So they have enough ammunition, like I said, to to keep coming at Denver. Jamal Murray is going to have to be on his A game. And I'm interested to see how Michael Porter Jr. is used in this series because he wasn't that big in the first series. He had some moments, but he wasn't consistent. He's the guy that we all know can make them a very dangerous team because if he becomes a legitimate third scorer, 
Now you saying something with everything, with everything that Jokic could do, with everything that Murray could do. If you get that consistent third score from Michael Porter Jr., then they become a scary team. But until I see it, I still got to trust the Clippers winning this, and I, I got it in six games. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's a lot uh, going into this series. I do have a, a, you know, I hope they let my man Bo Bo get some minutes in this uh, <laughs> in this series. I need him out there on the floor. I need some action for my main man, Bo Bo. Um, because I, I do think this, this is going to be a very interesting series. I think it's going to go back and forth. Like I said, either way, I think it's going to be a seven-game series, no matter if it's the, the Clippers or the Nuggets, um, you know, barring any major injuries or anything like that. I think this series uh, goes seven games. And you're right. They, they are going to need Michael Porter to step up because he wasn't consistent in this series. But at 6'10", you know, he can hit the three. He can play inside, you know, he can play out. So if he's if he's on, I think, you know, I think that Denver's gonna gonna be looking good. If if because I call I'm I call him pushover P. It's not playoff P, I call him pushover P now. If pushover P plays like the pushover P we've been seeing in the first round of this playoffs, do the Clippers win this series still? Do you think? I think they I think they can, but I, I think that it adds now to the responsibility of what Montrez, what Morris, and what Lou will have to do. Um, we we got to remember, Morris is a guy who every every other stop, he consistently can get you 15 to 20 a night, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to be ready to go. He's played in big playoff series before. I think he'll contribute, but you need Paul George because Paul George is what makes him special. When you yes. have Paul George going, it's very similar to, and, it's, and, and for most people, it's better than, that dynamic that Boston has with Brown and Tatum, where you have those two wing guys who can initiate offense. Better versions of those two. Right, right. Initiate offense, get your own shot up, and then you can't even you you really can't switch those guys on a pick and roll because they can defend anybody. So if he's on his game, it makes him special. We know what type of talent he is, but again, he is very inconsistent. If Denver is able to keep him from really going off offensively. Denver then could push this to a seven-game series and have a legitimate shot at that point. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, let's uh, let's 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 get over to the to the to the Eastern Conference. Uh, we got to go with the uh, with the the, the reigning uh, MVP, newly crowned Defensive Player of the Year, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. They are down 0-2 right now to the Miami Heat. Uh, we've kind of both said that. This team would give them problems. I did not think that it would. The problem would start with zero and two in the first in in, in in the first two games of this series. I'm very impressed by Miami. Very impressed with with Jimmy Butler, um, especially in in game one, putting up forty points to to lead them. Uh, Miami controlled both games for the most part, even when. Milwaukee made their little run towards the end of, of game two. I still felt that Miami was in control. And at that point, I still I, I thought that they would they were gonna, you know, continue continue it out and get the win and go up uh, you know, two two oh in the series. But the fact that Jimmy Butler, you know, goes from forty to thirteen and they still win that game, you know what I mean, obviously there's a little controversy towards the end of the games with the foul calls, but I thought I thought there was a controversy on both ends when um, on the foul on on Chris Middleton for the three. I, I, I you know, I get it the the jumping in, but I mean you know when Dragic is his hands straight up in the air, he's not moving. It's you know it's like come on, 
but then you come back down at the other end and and I guess you gotta call it that you gotta call it, you know, consistent. Giannis had his hand on, on on Jimmy Butler's side. So yeah, you gotta let the you gotta let the shooter land and it cost him. But as a whole, Miami has played very well. They're getting a lot from their top seven players. Shout out to Tyler Harrow. That he you know, we got we had we had uh Swaggy P and now we got Swaggy T. Cause Tyler Harrow is here. He has arrived. He's knocking down big shot after big shot after big shot. He's handling the ball for Miami. Whenever they need to rest, uh, Dragic, who's playing amazing, and he is not afraid of the moment. He has not been afraid of the moment. Uh, Bam Adebayo, you know, has played amazing these first two games. And they're giving the Bucks so many different looks to where even though Giannis is, uh, he had a major improvement from game one to game two, and what he was able to accomplish, they still have no idea what to do with Miami. Um, I got to give uh, Coach Fo a lot of credit because you know he he's he got the defense moving units. You know they 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 got they got the Bucks frustrated. They they don't look like the number one seed right now. Miami looking more like the number one seed than the Milwaukee Bucks are. And I'm sad to say this because I did want to see Giannis in the finals. You, it's gonna take a lot. I, I don't. I don't think Milwaukee's making it out of this series, man. There's no. I mean, even if there was home court advantage, you just lost the home court advantage anyway. But the fact that we're in a bubble, these guys are hot, and Jimmy Butler might have the most heart and be the toughest player in the NBA, and it's, and he's trying to will his team to victory, and I think they do. I think they knock the Bucks off. I agree. I, I think the series is over. Um. Bucks are not winning four out of the next five against the Miami Heat. And you made a great point when you said they're giving them so many different looks. It's almost as if a, they're playing a football-style defense where they just keep mixing up the look that they give them and Giannis can't figure out what to do. One of the biggest things we're seeing, and you and I spoke about this before the playoffs started, when we both said Miami could be the biggest threat, Giannis looked frustrated before the playoffs started. He, it was almost like he sensed we are not ready for the moment, and we're seeing it now. He was in foul trouble again during game two. He is not comfortable in anything they're doing offensively. He can't find a rhythm. He's not getting the, the driving lanes that he's used to getting, and it's forcing him to, to now play a, a timid style because he doesn't know what Miami is, is presenting him with. Every opportunity is different. Sometimes they're switching a pick and roll. Sometimes they're not switching a pick and roll. Sometimes they're walling up. Other times, guys are, are playing the three-point shooters. And so, as, as anybody can look at, at, at the first two games of the series, there are times where they're actual driving lanes, and Giannis will second-guess it because he's so used to them collapsing in on him. And yeah. then when they do collapse in on him, he's not making the pass fast enough, and he's drawing the charge. So, Miami has them frustrated. I think it's going to continue. I'm a little surprised that they were up 2-0, but I'm not surprised that Miami's on the verge of putting the series away because – I thought Miami would win the series. I predicted Miami in six. Anybody who saw them play them in a regular season, even before the bubble, could see that Bam Adebayo is taking it personal. He is guarding Giannis like it's game seven every time. And then when he's not guarding him, Jimmy's guarding him and Crowder's guarding him. So they're throwing all these different bodies at him. And then, like you mentioned, on the flip side, Milwaukee can't figure out what to do with Miami's offense. It's either open three-point shots or is Jimmy Butler taking advantage of somebody going to the lane. Yeah. They're in trouble 
Coach Bo is doing a masterful job of coaching. Uh, he is completely undressing Coach Bud in this series. Make yeah. no mistake. Absolutely. And I, I, I got I to gotta really commend Jimmy Butler on his defense. There was one play uh, in game two where he's guarding Giannis, and Giannis is trying to post him up. And, 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 and Jimmy Butler pulls the old loop-de-loop, Toto Ole, get him out of there, just steps back, Giannis falls the turtle. Like, they are really giving that, that young man fits. And, you know, there's a good chance he's going to wind up being named MVP and defensive player of the year. But you go out in that second round, people are going to be second-guessing. Because <laughs> he is not playing up to par right now. Yet he came back in game two a little bit. But, you know, in, in crucial times in that game, Giannis made the wrong decision. And, and it cost yep. his team. De- definitely, you know, cost the, the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't see them climbing out of this hole. The team as a whole has shot horribly from the free throw line in both games, which is another reason why, you know, if, if they make eight more free throw shots than they, they miss, they might be, you know, we might be having a different outcome. At least at least we might be 1-1, you know, in, in, in this series. And, and then I, I would give the Bucks a better chance at, at winning the series. But I just can't see it right now. I think Miami has their number. And that's not to say I think Miami would will, will go to the finals. But, you know, a lot of times it's about matchups. And even if you're the better team, you don't want to get caught in a wrong matchup. And we already saw from the regular season, Miami is the only team that has a, um, a winning record versus uh, the, the Bucks as far as all Eastern Conference teams. They give them fits. Adebayo is amazing. All them young cats. They got – they have – where I, I I would have liked to have an OKC that you know would would help them win that game. They have the the mixture of the of the veteran guys. You got your Jimmy Butler. You got Dragic out there. Then you also got the young cats out there that's lighting it up. Duncan Robinson lighting it up. None lighting it up. Swaggy T lighting it up out there. You got another veteran Crowder playing some great defense, knocking down big shots. Where the hell was that at when you was in Cleveland with LeBron, bro? You couldn't even stay on the damn court. But now you out here, I'm talking about he's knocking down threes and with the hand in his face. And then he's playing amazing defense on a six foot eleven Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's probably gonna be back to back MVP. He plays some amazing defense, man. Shout out to to, to the to the Miami Heat. You know, um Yeah, they they're playing they're playing with a tremendous amount of confidence. I think the series is over and I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it out there. If they lose this series, I think Coach Bud gets fired because this will be the third straight year that they have been undressed in the playoffs. They were embarrassed by Boston two years ago because Boston was like the first team that really started doing that wall-up defense against them. They got embarrassed last year by Toronto. Don't forget they were up 2-0 yeah. on Toronto and lost yeah. four straight. So if they lose this series, I think people within that organization are going to take a long, hard look and wonder if Coach Bud is the right guy for this job because for three straight years, they had aspirations of making a deep playoff run and they would have fell well short of the finals. Yeah, and, you know, everybody, you know, like to talk about the team, but last year, um, Eric Bledsoe was All-NBA third team. You had Brogdon out there, who I know they're missing right now, who shot 50-40-90 for them. Chris Middleton this year almost had had a 50-40-90 season for them. And Chris Middleton 
has been the one carrying them. Between him and him and Brooke Lopez have kind of been carrying the team. They if if we don't get the games that we get out of Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez, these games look look crazy. Yeah, you they know? blow out. Yeah, they, they, blow, they out. blow out games. So you know, we, we, we this might this might be the beginning of the end of not only Budenhauser but of Giannis in Milwaukee. Because now you're talking about they not even getting out of the second round. And this is this is arguably the best player in this in, in the league. You know, I mean, he's, I don't think he's the best player in the league, but I don't think he's he's past number three. Wherever you have him, have him ranked. I don't think he's he's he's. he's, he's, he's I mean, he's he's easily top five. Uh, wherever you put him, he's in the yeah. top five. Um, but listen, man, this is gonna have a major effect on his free agency next summer. I think it's gonna have a major effect this off season. Um, mm-hmm. because obviously this calendar is thrown out of whack now with, with, the, yeah. with the pandemic, but it'll have a tremendous effect this off season with coach, uh, Bud. And I think as an organization, they're, they're in trouble. If they lose this series, I think they're in big trouble because as you mentioned, Bledsoe's already locked up to a new contract. Middleton's locked up to a new contract. That's why they weren't able to bring back Brogdon. They have very limited pieces to upgrade this roster. If but you Lopez lose again, Right. Brooke is locked in. If you lose again in the second round, this would have been the second time in the last three years that you lose in the second round. You don't have every many answers to solve the problems that you have. You really have to take a long look at yourself and wonder how can we move forward with this team? Because we're not going to be able to upgrade any of these guys. They're going to be a year older. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what they do, but Budenhauser, you're on the hot seat, bro. You better pray for a miracle because if not, you're going to be gone. Uh, Last series we got Celtics Raptors, man. We we had uh I think it was when we had uh we did this uh, Jaleel show, and we were talking about outside of the Lakers, Clippers, and the Bucks. You know who did we think would be that dark horse team? Uh, Celtics have 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 shown improved. We said it then, and it's looking like you know they might be that team right now. Uh, Toronto played well coming into this round of the playoffs, but they have not found it since then. And I think they're going home. I think that the champs will be dethroned in the second round. Uh, Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown are playing amazing. That that one-two punch. And then you got uh, Marcus Smart playing lights out on both ends of the floor, coming off, off the bench. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see Toronto coming back. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say sweeps. I'm gonna say Boston in five, but I feel like they gotta get one, one of these games in there. But I think this, excuse me, this series is over as well. Yeah, I, I had, um, as you mentioned, we both liked Boston before the playoffs started. We talked about it on Leo's podcast, and um, I had Boston winning this series in seven. I still think it's going to be competitive because Nick Nurse is a very good coach, and I think he's going to come up with some adjustments. However, I, I do think they're in a lot of trouble, man, because Boston is playing a level of defense that's very good right now. They're smothering solid defense. They're making Siakam work for every shot he gets, man. And if not for the contributions of OG Ananobi in game two, that game could have got ugly for them too because Marcus Smart got so hot in that third quarter. It really flipped the game for them. Um, but – 
I think you and I both like Boston for a lot of the same reasons. They they had this combination of wing players, as we talked about Tatum and Brown. You had Kemba Walker. You had Gordon Hayward, who was healthy at the time. But they also had a head coach that a couple years ago we all thought was going to be the next great head coach in Brad Stevens. And he's kind of reminding everybody that I'm still that guy. You know, last year might have been a down year, but I'm still that guy. He's out coaching Nick Nurse, I think, to the point where to go into the series, everyone wondered how could Boston match up with Toronto's size because of Siakam, because of Gasol. And he's flipped it to the point where it's like, y'all can't keep up with our wings because Kimba's getting any shot he wants. Marcus Smart gets hot. Tatum just dropped 35 on you the other day. Mind you, they beat y'all game one. Tatum didn't even play well in game one. It was about Marcus Smart and Kemba Walker in game one. They, they didn't even need Tatum in game one. So Nick Nurse is going to have to figure out a way to contain these wings of the Celtics because they're getting any shot they want at any point that they want, and they're locking up on the other end. Siakam's got to wake up very quick because if not, they're going to be down 3-0. Yeah, and at that, at that point, then, then we will be talking about a sweep. <laughs> ain't no coming back. You go down 3-0 in this series, ain't no coming back. That's it. Then – then you can call Charles Barkley and tell him to go get the broom at that point. He was a little premature the last time. Exactly. Out. But this time around, you know, in this situation, you can. Again, I, th- I think that, that service is over. I think Boston is, is, is hot at the right time. Don't let them get Gordon Haywood back. They, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's going to be an even bigger problem. Um, so, but again, uh, round two, we got the Lakers uh, Rockets starting up this week. Uh, Clippers Nuggets as well, um, but right now again both Eastern Conference uh, games uh, t- up 2-0 right now. We got the the Heat up 2-0 over the Bucks, and we got the uh, Celtics up 2-0 over the Raptors. We're gonna get ready to wrap this thing up. I know we're supposed to be just talking about basketball, but I just gotta get your opinion on something really quick, Eric. Uh, the Bucks just landed Leonard Fournette. Um, how big is that? for Tampa? Um, I think it's a bigger signing on paper than it's actually going to have on the field. We know what Tom Brady really likes in a running back. He wants somebody who can catch the ball, who can block. Leonard Fournette's going to have his opportunities. He's going to have moments to run the ball. But if he can't pass block, and if he ain't catching the ball out the backfield, uh, Ronald Jones, who's a guy who they already had in place, will probably get a little bit more than carries. Uh, touches, I should say, not carries, more touches. So, it could it could be a, a big piece. I'm just a little skeptical because I know what Tom wants. And Tom wants a guy who can catch the ball out the backfield and can help out in that way. So on paper, it looks great. On the field, I'm going to take a wait and see approach. Okay. Yeah, well, all right. So he's not James White. Obviously, shout out to my guy, James White. He's been my Hall of Fame uh, franchise uh, fantasy football running back for like four seasons now. I'm not going to draft him this year. Just because, you know, it ain't gonna have that, that same uh Brady White connection. <laughs> so I'm not gonna draft him this year. But uh Fournette was fifth in receptions amongst running backs last season, which I think will be a plus. I think he's he with him it's more of a mental thing. He's gotta keep his his head straight because that was a lot of the issues that he had in uh Jacksonville was, you know, keeping that, you know, just staying out of trouble and then and then staying healthy. Um, I, I like to pick up for, for Tampa. I'm not pushing them into the Super Bowl just because of that pick because I still got to see all of those parts get together. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I love the fact that Gronk is back. I don't know what we're going to get out of Gronk just yet. I got to wait and see. Even though Madden got him rated, I think I got a 90 right now, which I was a little shocked by. 
but I still gotta wait and see on that one. But I do like the Fernet pickup. Um, I I do believe that 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 Fernet pickup might even make them the favorites to to win the division. And I know the Saints are great, so I don't want to take away from from the, from the Saints. But you know, just Tom Brady had a had a had an okay season last year with no receivers. You know, with Sonny Michelle playing having the, the, the typical sophomore slump. And now you keep adding threat after threat after threat on the, on the offensive end of that football for Tom Brady. And the defense got a little bit better in Tampa as well. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, we do have our Real Fans Real Talk Fantasy Football League. We are still having it this year. We have one spot left. If you guys do want to um, join the Fantasy Football League, just send us a DM. On Twitter at Real Fan Talk or Instagram at Real Fan Talk, or you can hit us up on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash Real Fans Real Talk, um, or you can just uh, just hit us up on on the website. Um, send us a fan mail, uh, fan mail at Real Fans Real Talk.com. If you do want to get that last spot, we got one spot left. And remember, well, once we actually get back into the TV station, the winner does get to to make an appearance on on an, a live episode of Real Fans. Uh, real talk. So again, hit us up in any of those locations uh, if you would like to be a part of the fantasy football league. Really quick before we get out of here, let me shout out the sponsors. Got to shout out Petro Home Services, uh, the Rosado Firm, Kmart, Soundview Liquors. Uh, we definitely appreciate you guys sticking with us through the quarantine. Um, we'll be back in, in the TV station as soon as we uh, we can. But in the meantime, quarantine TV. Will still be coming every week. Um, Eric, two K twenty one is coming out. What's up? What are we doing? It officially, uh, it officially drops tomorrow, I believe, right? Yes, sir. It, it officially, huh? Did I did not. Nah, I didn't. I didn't pre-order, but I'm. I'm definitely gonna be picking it up. Um, because okay. I, I actually just downloaded Madden as well, so I'm. I'm about to be getting <laughs> to both those, you know. But uh, you know, the two K thing. You know how we do. We, we gonna. Oh, we we need to open it up to to some of the supporters as well. You know, who want to get in the league with us. But we'll okay. we'll talk about that at a later date. Yes, sir. All right. So listen, for myself, Trip Young, my brother, Legend in two games. We up out of here. Peace. Peace. Smush Parker here, pulling up to the Los Angeles Lakers. And you are now tuned in to Real Fans Real Talk.